and welcome back to the podcast that never was. I'm Paige. And I'm Chris. Um, and I am the Chocobo to your Moogle. I'll take it. There you go. So, we, uh, we took a break last week, and I just weeded you guys out to let you know that, um, on top of what was going on, um, you know, we, we were going to take a break last week, but... On top of that, one of my best friends had passed uh, the day before we were usually supposed to uh, record. So thanks to everyone that was understanding and that was supportive. I actually got some anonymous messages on my Tumblr that were super nice. Um, So thank you guys for that. Um, And I just want to dedicate this episode to him. And also last week, it was actually really my fault that we missed because I was out of town. So direct all of your hate mail at Jeremiah Stoffer at gmail.com at Hope Church. <laughs> Did you just give this live email? No, that's not as real email. Okay. <laughs> but there's, there is truth in their email is in there somewhere. So it's up to some master decoder to figure out what it is. He's going to get a random email. Like... <laughs> What do you mean that I was the reason that you couldn't do this one thing, Chris? <laughs> and I'll say, don't worry about it, Jerry. <laughs> so, um, I just wanted to uh, address that real quick, but thank you guys for your continued support. We are um, really excited to be coming to you guys today. So, um yeah, are there any news that you want to talk about before we jump in? No, it's pretty radio silent. Just other a peek behind the curtain. This episode almost didn't happen tonight just because you and I both like like cr- kind of a crazy busy day. Yeah, it stormed where I live yesterday and my uh my car can't drive in the rain. Like most cars can, but mine can't. So I had to do all of my errands and everything today, and then I woke up with a migraine, and I was like, great. But um, we're here, and we're making it. Yeah, um, we are. The only thing that I can think of is get ready for Comic-Con, because Square Enix has a Kingdom Hearts uh, segment lined up for Comic-Con. Ooh, I bet that's where our trailer comes from, because July is re- I mean, yeah, July's running out of time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where it's going to come from. So. Oh, I, I lied. I do have news. I have two oh. things I want to share. Number one, 21 Pilots released two new songs last week. They are straight fire. Uh-huh. So I don't know if you've listened to either of them, but it's called Jumpsuit and Nico and the Niners. Both are really good. So I suggest whoever's listening, go listen to them. Uh, and also, uh, I watched a, a thing for... For the new Devil May Cry Five, and I'm actually I'm actually excited for it now. So. Oh, good. Yeah, I kind of changed my mind. Good. I'm happy that you're excited for it. Yeah. So that's my two news that's not related to anything we were talking about at all. Well, if we're gonna talk about music recommendations, uh, I haven't listened to the new Twenty One Pilot songs, but the new Florence and the Machine album is beyond amazing. Um. I heard they covered Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. She has a song called Shake It Out. Maybe that's what but, it is. Yeah, I don't know about a cover of Taylor Swift's song, but I know she has a song called Shake It Out. Supposedly, she covered 
Taylor Swift Shake It Off. I don't know if it's on this new album or not, but it's supposedly one of the best covers in history. Um, it is not on this album, but anything that she covers is amazing. I cannot listen to her cover of Stand By Me and not cry. Like, I was emotional even before I played Final Fantasy XV, just hearing her cover of that song. Mm. Yeah. Well, well. She's also on the soundtrack for The Great Gatsby, so. I freaking love that movie. Yeah, I know you do. Man, you're talking top, I mean, we're talking top five favorite movies of all time that's not superhero. I freaking love that movie. The book's incredible, too. Uh I thought about you earlier. I was uh, running an errand, and I had to get uh, Josh's, my boyfriend's, birthday present. So I was in the bookstore, and then I saw um, an F. Scott Fitzgerald quote, and I recognized it from The Great Gatsby. Oh, what was the quote? Do you remember? <sighs> of course I would ask you that. <laughs> uh, you, uh, I can't remember it right off the top of my head, but I remembered it because I had read it. Oh. And it was from the movie, but it was about... It was one of the lines that was about Daisy from the movie. Um, mm, she's one of my favorite characters in the movie. So it was something about how like tragically, mag- tragically beautiful she was. Mm. So I'm sure it's like every line about her. <laughs> Man, just like but, genius storytelling. Yeah, it was on a um, one of those canvases, like for your walls. Uh, yeah. Let me see if I can Google it and uh, see the the quote. Um, while we're yes. while we're referencing other nerd things, for those who haven't listened, Mike Shinoda also put out a new album, and it is it is it is just delightful. It's it's uh, it's like a good peek behind the curtain to somebody who like lost somebody to suicide. It's very it's very honest. It's very raw, but it's also like uplifting at the same time. It's really good. I really enjoy it. So. While we're ref- oh, yeah. referencing other stuff that has nothing to do with Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> That's true. Um, it was it was this one. It was, so we beat on boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. Mm, man. One of my one of my favorite moments, welcome to the Great, Ga- great, great, great Gatsby cast. Uh, one of my favorite moments in that, in, like in that novel slash, slash movie, is when he's in the pool and he's so convinced that she's going to call and then she does call. I mean, then, uh, um, the phone rings. Yeah. And then the phone rings. What's his name? Uh, gosh, I know you're talking about, ah, what is his name? Uh, it's, uh, Toby McGuire's character. Yeah. I know you're talking I, about. I can't remember what his name is, but, and then I, it's just so sad. Cause he, at least he dies happy. Anyway. Um, I, there's not a bad frame in that movie slash a bad moment in that book. Oh my gosh. Ah, all right. Anyway, Nick, Nick, Nick. Yeah. Cause she always calls him Nicky. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, gosh. Wow. I could cry. Seven I could. Out of 10? It should have got better than a seven out of 10. Yeah, I agree. But most like I read the book and like it is, the movie is a, there's no such thing as a perfect adaptation, but that movie is as close as it gets to a perfect adaptation to a book. The cinematography in that film is just phenomenal. It was, it was, it was wonderful. The sound, I loved the soundtrack to the back of it too. Even like when they're first on the highway and it's Jay Z. I'm not a big Jay Z guy, but like for some reason it just fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. 
I don't know. Everything about it was really great. I remember watching it for the first time, like when it first came out, and I was just blown away by it. And yeah. I'm not normally one for like the Roaring Twenties, so but I had not read the book, so. Man, it's it's a very easy light read. I highly recommend it. Um, it's on my list of things to read. It is so good. Uh, um, I'm working my way through uh, the picture of Dorian Gray currently. Whoa! How is it? Yeah. It is heavy and uh, dark. Man, some of well, my that's favorite. What I expected. Some of my favorite tones. Yeah. Oh, well, then you should definitely, uh, definitely check into it. Okay. Um, the undertones of it are, well, very controversial. That if we were on YouTube, would be demonetized for talking about. But um, there. Uh, there's some very heavy undertones and the actual like theme of the book is so well written. Like Oscar Wilde did, of course Oscar Wilde is a phenomenal writer to begin with. So I'm really enjoying it so far. All right. I'll add it to my reading list. I'm currently rereading perks of being a wallflower. So, and just about every page in that book can make me cry. So uh, it's, it's so good. It's so good. Well, now that we've talked for 10 minutes about everything but. Yeah, so uh, our topic for today uh, is actually going to launch a series that we're going to be doing. And um, I apologize. I actually went through and uh, before, when I was waiting on you, I went through and reread mine and it's probably lacking some detail and it could be fleshed out more. But I wrote this before and then a little after the news broke and I've been pretty tore up. So it may not be as fleshed out as I would like. So I'm sure it's wonderful. Please forgive me. Do you want to go first or second? I can go first um, because I'm ashamed of how it is. (laughs) I'm sure it's great. Oh, thanks. But um, anyways, you guys don't even know what it is. Um, like I said, this is gonna kind of launch a series for what we're gonna do, and we're we were talking about it. We're probably gonna break up uh, the the series into some parts. So we'll do this one, and then we might do something different for next week or a few weeks, and then we might pick up the next part. Just because um, it can take a while for us to do something like this, depending on the the game that we select. Like I don't think days would take too long, but. Yeah, I say we jump. In. I say we jump right into days afterwards. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. But um, like other games might take longer. But yeah, like days. Yeah, days is like really short. So, anyways, uh, what it is is it's how we would have written uh, the games. So you guys know that we kind of have some interesting ideas about the series and the characters so these are just how we would have personally written it uh it's not like it may not be super similar to the actual story and then some things are different it may be completely different and then some things are the same it's just you know 
it's, it's how we would do it. We're basically backing up our claim of you can come up with original ideas and do like this. It could be done better. Yeah. Yeah. Not like at a so. super like, oh, we're not saying ours is the absolute best. We're just proving that some things in hindsight, revisionist history, essentially. That's what, that's what it is. Yeah. And I, I want to preface again, like I have been doing for a while, and I probably sound like a broken record, but you, you can criticize things that you love. And this is certainly something that we love. So um, our works here are not to tear it apart. It's just to how we would have handled it. Heck yeah. Okay. So we're starting with Kingdom Hearts 1. Um, we did not start with Birth by Sleep. Yeah, I don't know that... I was thinking about it too. Because we might as well go in order. I don't know that I would change much plot-wise in Birth by Sleep. Because it's kind know. of the foundation. Yeah, like maybe a few things would have been changed, but Tara would not be so much of a dummy. Um, would be one thing I would change. <laughs> but even like things that we could change in Birth by Sleep, we could uh, allude to in our rewriting some other games. So right, and also and... maybe like when we finally finish and we do how we would write Kingdom Hearts three or how we would write Kingdom Hearts four, maybe we'll come back to Birth by Sleep. But that and like Unchained slash Union Cross. It's kind of hard to mess with, yeah. You know the the where the lore essentially the origins of the lore. It is especially um, since Union Cross is still very ongoing. Yeah. And no one really knows where that's going to lead. Yeah. But I hope you guys enjoy my take on Kingdom Hearts One. It's something that I'm pretty sure. You're not going to see coming. Oh, here we go. Are we going to so, break it up by every world again? or? Uh, I broke it up by worlds. Okay. I did too. So, um, I actually don't have a lot of worlds. Oh, snap. Yeah, but like I said, most of this was written uh, before and then sort of during uh, a difficult time. So yeah. it's not the best. I'm sure it's wonderful. Well, thank you. I appreciate your support, but I'm, I'm self-aware to know it's not the best. Um, so I'm going to start now instead of rambling. Uh, I wouldn't change too much about... Actually, I wouldn't change the music at all. Simple and clean plays over cinematics of a peaceful life for the three children on Destiny Islands. We begin the game with Sora, Riku, and Kairi starting out on the islands as people peaceful teenagers. Nothing bad has happened in their lives until one fateful night. Darkness rolls in while the children are playing on the island. Sora's mom calls her dinner as a fierce storm begins to make its way towards the islands, with darkness appearing overhead. The, children, or the teenagers see this and decide to go back to the main island to get away from the storm when a mysterious figure appears before them cloaked in a black hood. Riku stops to instinctively protect his two friends, extending his arms in front of them to get them to stop running. He asks the figure, what are you doing here? What is it you want? The figure then responds to them with a question of his own. He asks them in a deep voice, what would you do to protect this island? 
Riku says that he would do anything to protect this island. Sora says that this man is strange, and he's starting to scare him. He moves towards Kairi to protect her. Riku tells the figure to get out of his way. It begins to dash towards him, but he goes through the figure as the figure disappears. The children run to the main island for shelter, but the storm is too much, and they seek out shelter in the safety of the play island's cave. Riku goes to seal the entrance with a large boulder, but his 13-year-old strength isn't enough. From a distance, he hears a voice ask, Can you do it? He shakes it off and tries again to no avail. Sora has fa had fallen as they ran to the cave, and Kairi is tending to his bloody nose that was busted in the wake. Riku hears a voice once more call. Call to the darkness. It's the only way to protect your friends. Riku feels panic rise in him as he tries to seal the cave. The storm is outside, destroying the island, worse than any other storm they had seen before. The need to protect his friend the need to protect his friends grows greater with every moment. As he stands in his indecision, a large piece of driftwood comes hurtling through the cave's entrance. With a loud shout, he holds out his hands and he calls Darkness. The driftwood dissolves into dark flames that no storm could put out before it could even reach them. He seals the entrance with his new dark strength. Riku goes to check on his friends to find that they are okay. The three wait out the storm. Hours go on before the rain slows and the thunder stops. Sora and Kairi had cried once. Riku did quietly, but they made it. When it was calm outside, Riku moved to the boulder to find that their islands were destroyed. And now they sit on a floating slab of sand amid the vast darkness. The children rush out to see what has become of their home. They are greeted by darkness rising up to form dark side. It attacks, and the keyblade appears in their hands. The children are forced to fight, while well, little they know to do so, and they nearly lose. When suddenly the mysterious figure comes and slays the dark side. He pulls his hood down. He is a dark-skinned man with white hair who introduces himself as Ansem. He asks the children if they're alright. Riku and Sora are wary and step in front of Kairi. But after a few minutes of this Ansem man explaining that the darkness has been taking over worlds, and unfortunately, this world has been one of them. Ansem offers to take the children out of the darkness before they're taken by it. He gives them a brief explanation of Heartless, the things they just fought, and the Keyblade, the weapons that have been summoned in their hands. Riku, Sora, and Kairi take a moment to debrief before deciding to go with Ansem. So, that's, uh, the first world is Destiny Islands. Whoa, is Ansem gonna be a good guy? <laughs> well, I am taking a, a different approach from how Kingdom Hearts 1 approached Ansem. Whoa. But, I, I'm interested to see what happens. Thank you. Hollow Bastion. Ansem takes the teenagers back to Hollow Bastion and tells them more of the Keyblades. He offers to help Riku with his darkness and teach him how to use their keyblades. Riku accepts the offer. Sora and Kairi begin to discuss things. Sora is unsure 
Kyrie knows that she wants to fight to protect those she loves, and Sora trails along. Anselm begins to train the trio. He then spends some time in Hall of Ashton training, and Hall of Ashton will offer a tutorial world. After some training, Heartless attack, and the children dispatch the Heartless. Sora asks about the other worlds, feeling it wrong to leave them be, just to be taken by darkness. He asks if they can take their training on the go. Riku and Kairi agree, and plead their new master to take them along. Ansem reluctantly agrees, and takes the children with him, uh, along with him and Hall of Bastion as a test. That was worded really strangely, I apologize. Ansem agrees, and he takes the children with him into Hall of Bastion, into the town, as a test. They go through the world, and they slay the Heartless. Riku grows more adept with his darkness as well. Ansem hears a large a report of a large Heartless destroying the town, and he takes the children to see what they have learned. After a struggle, they beat the boss, and Ansem gives the children a star shard. He tells them that they can use this to travel between the worlds. Sora asks if Ansem will be coming with them, and Ansem says that he will not be coming, as unfortunately he must stay behind and protect Hullabastion. It has no protectors left, and he is the only one left standing. But that is a story for another time. He tells the kids that he can be found in his lab if they need him, and he is always there for them. Sora begins to hype up his friends, and they take off with the Star Shard. Scares me that Ansem might be a good guy. <laughs> it's, it's it's scary. Okay. No well, no Leon? I'm I'm surprised. Well, we haven't gotten very far yet. Okay. Uh, Olympus. The kids end up in Olympus Coliseum. There they see that Hercules is training. Sora grows excited to see the Coliseum, packed with people. He believes that this is where the heroes come to fight each other, and that he will see great heroes. They are soon attacked by Heartless. Riku fights with Darkness, and Kairi stays close to him. Riku, uh, well, I just read that. <laughs> Sora wanders off in search of heroes. Meanwhile, Riku and Kairi continue to fight the Heartless. They soon notice that Sora has gone missing and go to find him. Sora has been ambushed by Heartless, and the kids fight off the Heartless. Phil sees this and decides to enter them in the tournament. The trio fights in the tournament, and then they meet Hercules. They decide to form they form a bond and decide to work together to defeat Hades, who has been trying to manipulate Hercules via his pseudo-girlfriend, Meg, to take over the gods in Olympus. Wait, Hades' girlfriend, Meg? Just kidding. No. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, they formed the bond. They decided to work with together to beat Hades to save Meg. Uh, I read that. Okay. After the tournament is over, they have successfully defeated Hades. Then they lock the world. The three grab their star shard. Before they can leave, Phil stops them and tells them they have more tournaments to do. Riku looks to his friends and says, there are more worlds that we have to save. Phil hears this and says, Worlds to save. You guys aren't even fully fledged heroes yet. You can't save your own skins. 
I'll tell you this. Once you defeat the next few cups, then I'll make you heroes. Sora becomes overly excited and asks if they can stay to become heroes, to which Riku and Kairi laugh, and they take Sora with them to the next world. I like that all three of them are together. That's a nice change. Uh, I have I have that as a central theme. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I didn't even think about that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, the star shard lands them in a field of flowers. They look up to see a hole in the roof above them. Kyrie sits up and notices there is a woman sitting next to her. The woman asks if she's okay. Kyrie nods and says that she's fine. She looks beside her to see that her two friends are there, and they slowly begin to sit up as well. Sora rubs his eyes groggily. Riku, wearily, begins to assess his surroundings. The woman introduces herself as Aerith, and she helps the kids up and out of the flower bed. She tells them that today is a very special day, and that she is going to travel outside of the slums that she has lived in her entire life. But she was ambushed by some strange-looking fiends and was forced back into her church. Riku offers to help. The kids take Aerith and exit the church, only to find the Heartless everywhere. Aerith joins your party. They take out the Heartless. As a reward, Aerith then offers to treat the kids to some ice cream. The party then decides to make their way topside, fighting a hordes of Heartless along the way. You're stopped by soldiers. Aerith begins to tell the tale of why she is going up to the plate and why she is leaving the slums. She tells the kid children of a friend that she had met about a year ago. He had crash landed through her roof and onto her flower bed, much like they had. The kids listen in awe as Aerith tells her tale. And she says that she has not heard from her friend in so long, and now she is worried for him. But she is determined to find him. Kyrie can't help but blush, thinking about the connotations of this friend. Sora and Riku look at Kyrie in disbelief, before shrugging. Aerith continues to lead the way. We meet Cloud when we arrive at the top. He joins our party. Cloud and Aerith discuss a few matters as they had, uh, as Aerith had heard of Cloud from Zack. Cloud informs Aerith of Zack's untimely demise, and Aerith uh, has a moment of weakness. Sora, Riku, and Kairi feel sorry for Aerith and decide to aid her in her journey to continue topside, as she mentions that without the thought of her friend being there. She's not sure if she can continue on the plate. Cloud, uh, oh, I already said Cloud joins your party. Okay, so, uh, I'm so sorry. <clears throat> with Cloud not in your party, Cloud decides to work with your resolve and help Aerith grow accustomed to the top side of the world. You fight Heartless going through the world and helping Aerith grow accustomed to it. And eventually, you run into Sephiroth. Cloud, noted, Cloud remembers Sephiroth as one of the people that Zack had tried to aid. And a fight ensues. 
Riku can feel the darkness growing beyond his control, but he ignores it. The kids use a star shard and go to the next world. Whoa! So you don't even you don't even uh, you don't even know what happens with Cloud and Sephiroth. Uh huh. We don't. Whoa! Whoa! Sephiroth kills him. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. I like the tie-in with Zack as well. Thanks. That's one of our uh, that was one of our favorite Final Fantasy character uses. Yeah, and uh, Zack is very essential to Aerith's character. So the fact that they just leave that out is very disappointing to me. Cloud is essentially Zack in Kingdom Hearts lore. Yeah, but not to me. So <laughs> that's, that's I had to fix that. That's fair. <laughs> Riku lands alone and notices that the star shard is broken. He fears for Sora and Kairi and begins to look for them. He finds a stitched rag doll, life size, patching herself up when suddenly she is ambushed by Heartless. He goes to help her. She thanks him after clearing the Heartless. He asks if she has seen his friends, and he gives a brief description of them. She says, unfortunately, she is not, but offers to help look. She introduces herself as Sally. Sally joins your party. Riku and Sally fight their way through the world, and he feels the darkness tug more at his heart. It grows stronger, and it's harder for him to fend off each time. He goes through the world, looking for Sora and Kairi. They find that the denizens of Halloween Town are being terrorized by a large, overwhelming figure, but they can't seem to see it. Riku, believing this is the Heartless, decides to investigate it with Sally. Going through the world, they find clues that eventually lead them to a hideout past the uh, swirling hill. Once there, they find that Lock, Shock, and Barrel <laughs> are being manipulated by a ghost Heartless. Riku and Sally defeat Lock, Shock, and Barrel and dispel the ghost Heartless. They lock the world and the star shard lights up briefly before zipping him away to leave the world. Lock, shock, and barrel make a return even in your incarnation. Yeah. I'll do they make return in yours? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure they do. <laughs> 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 yeah. They're just an easy go to, you know? Um, well, I just didn't. I wanted to, like, specifically avoid Oogie, uh, Oogie and Maleficent and the obvious. Roots because okay. I feel like if I was writing Kingdom Hearts one, I wouldn't have been so blatant with the villains. You would have waited and saved some for two. Yeah, like instead of having, because I feel like what happened a lot in two was like when Oogie came back, he was like, "Who are you?" And looks like Sora killed you. Don't you remember? And he's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> uh, you mean like, like well, just Expedition City? Yeah. It's just, you know, some of this can be saved for 
an actual encounter. Yeah, I dig. I dig. Thank you. I like that Sally's actually in it, too. I enjoy Sally. Because she's not focused on in any of the games where Halloween Town appears. No, and she's very important to the movie, so... To literally every character in the movie. Yeah. yeah. But... Fair play. I figured if she joined your party, um, she would fight with a uh, giant needle. <laughs> I like the ludicrousness of that idea. Thank you. Something that I mean, Tim Burton himself would probably enjoy. Jack throws, like, pumpkin bombs, so... Why not? Exactly. So, a giant needle. I dig. Thank you. You're welcome. Kyrie and Sora land back in Hall of Ashton to find Ansem. They inquire as to where Riku is. Uh, and Ansem is resigned to tell them he has not seen Riku. But he will help them look uh, from the computers in his lab. Sora shouts, we have to find Riku. Kyrie eagerly agrees. Ansem says, if the Star Shard brought them back here, then they have to be here for a reason. He decides, um, he decides to accompany the kids, and they find that a mysterious man has been summoning Heartless in the town. Kyrie wants to defend Hall of Bastion. Sora reluctantly agrees, putting aside his feelings to find Riku. Ansem warns them of the dangers of those in the darkness, that they could turn you into a Heartless. The kids take this warning and decide to press onward. They find this mysterious hooded man, but he gets away before saying a word. But before he can get away, he summons a boss. Sora and Kyrie slay the Heartless with uh, aid of Ansem. Ansem then tells the children, I will keep Paula Bastion safe. For now, you need to look for Riku. He's in danger, especially with the darkness calling towards his heart. We don't want anything to happen to him. Kyrie nods and tells and looks to Sora. She tells him, "If anything were to happen to Riku, I don't know what I'd do." Sora agrees, and then they gather the Star Shard and leave to search for Riku. I think I'm starting to formulate my theory on on what's happening with Ansem. There you do. But I'm also interested to know it really rises and falls on who this hooded figure is. <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, I'm I'm interested and intrigued to see where it goes. Good, I'm very happy. It was it was it was Anakin all along. I loved you, Anakin. You were like a brother to me. <laughs> Have you seen the memes? Not to derail this too far. After this, I'm gonna get back to mine. But have you seen the memes of people who are like? Because there's like speculation. Who would play Obi Wan Kenobi in an Obi Wan Kenobi spinoff? People are like, "Oh, I could put together a list of people that should play Obi Wan in a Obi Wan spinoff," and then it's all pictures of Ewan McGregor. <laughs> That's amazing. It has to be him. Uh, yeah. Don't do it, Anakin. I have the high ground. You underestimate my power. It's all good, Anakin. Joe. All right. Anyway. Riku lands in Castle of Dreams, but this time he is awake when he lands. Whoa, Castle of Dreams. Good. 
Yeah. His landing was gentle. The star shard must be losing power. He only hoped he could make it back to Hollow Bastion. Riku made his way to a shimmering castle in the distance and found a princess. She stood outside her castle, sitting on the steps, crying. Riku approached and asked what was wrong. She introduced herself as Cinderella and said that she was left in charge of the castle while her husband, the prince, and his father, the king, went out of town. But one of the servants didn't like that she was once a commoner and has locked her out as some sort of a cruel punishment. Riku offers to help her out and unlocks the castle. When he does, they're a heartless teeming from the inside. Riku tells Cinderella to stand back, and he clears out the castle. Cinderella help, thanks him for his help, and asks what she can do to repay him. Riku mentions that all he needs is to make his to make it back to Hollabash to see his friends. He laments that his star shard is out of power, and he's unsure of how he will do this. Cinderella says she has an idea, and that she can help them if they can make it back to the gardens. Iku clears more heartless on the way to the gardens, and then they are ambushed by a pumpkin heartless boss. Riku defeats it with a dark blast, and he feels a strong pull from his heart, enough to make him black out. So, I love the inclusion of, uh, of Cinderella's world. I think we've talked about this off-air, but that's one of our all-time favorite worlds. Yes, it is. It's aesthetically amazing. And it just, it felt nice as well. It didn't feel like it was forced or right. overbearing. It, it had the whole package. And they didn't write Cinderella bad in it. They wrote her very likable, very, everything about it was, it was really good. It was. So I'm, I'm excited about the inclusion. Thank you. You're welcome. Sora and Kairi land in Traverse Town and awake to find three ducklings surrounding them. Kairi giggles and says they're cute, to which the ducklings argue. Suddenly, a much bigger duck comes over and says he's glad that the children are now awake, but it's time for them to buy something or get out. The ducklings all shout Uncle Scrooge in unison and jump up, but the duo is promptly kicked out. Sora and Kairi get up and begin to look for Riku, only to find more rumors of a hooded man. They take out more Heartless and begin to find a way to lock the world. They decide to search the world for the hooded man as well. Before they find the lock, or any rumors of the hooded man, they meet a man named Leon that explains the importance of Traverse Town and inquires about their keyblades. Sora wonders why they weren't sent to Traverse Town but instead they were taken in by Ansem. Kairi finds this strange, as if someone was waiting there for them, for their world to be taken over. Leon tells Sora to be on his guard, that whatever is happening to them doesn't sound like it's a coincidence. Just then, a high-pitched ninja jumps from a roof and tells Leon that Hooded Ban was here. He was here again. Sora and Kairi perk up, and asks the little ninja where. She introduces herself as Yuffie and says that he was in the town square. Sora and Kairi run to the town square to find that the hooded man is there. He has uh, 
that was. I'm sorry. Is there a lot of typos? No worries. <laughs> he has summoned a large heartless, which is now destroying the buildings. Yuffie jumps up and says, Leon, we have to defend the world. Sora and Kyrie summon their keyblades and say, No, we got this. Leon and Yuffie join your party. The four of you are barely enough, or the four of them are barely enough to take down the giant heartless. Once it's gone, the hooded figure looks over to Sora and to Kyrie and says, Thanks, before leaving. Leon asks Sora, Do you know that man? Sora says, no, we don't, but we're going to find him, and we're going to find out why he's trying to plunge the world into darkness. Sora and Kairi take their star shard and leave. Well, well, a lot just happened. I like, and for a moment, I was like, ninja, what the heck is happening? <laughs> and then I remembered, I was like, oh yeah, you think. She's technically an ninja. Yeah, even though she resembles one at no point. Um, <laughs> so for a moment, I thought, "What the hell is Paige doing?" <laughs> My OC. <laughs> All of a sudden, they enter into the world of Kubo and the Two Strings, which oh is God. which is a fantastic movie. Um, anyway, <laughs> wow, I gotta I gotta know who this figure is. Oh, I've got your hook. That's good. You got you got me on the hook. Good. I would say any guesses, but there's only so many people that it could be. So. <laughs> there's only 45 <laughs> characters in the lore that's worn that hood. <laughs> well. I also can't help but notice that you, you got rid of the brown, horrible-looking hood at the beginning of Destiny Islands. I did. Yeah, good call. I did the same thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. If I'm, if I'm writing uh, Kingdom Hearts if I'm writing Kingdom Hearts, there is consistency with their hoods. Yes, that's. I think that's before Namor just settled on the design, and he was just like, "This will do for now." For now. I'm not gonna have a two. This game is not gonna do well. Just whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Give mud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Riku wakes back up in Hall of Ashton to see Ansem hovering over him. As he tries to lean up, he realizes that he is tied down to a medical table, and there are mechanisms everywhere. Panicked, Riku asks what's going on. Ansem tells Riku that he was brought back by a fairy godmother's light magic, but the darkness in his heart was too strong. Ansem's expression doesn't match his words, and Riku begins to worry. Riku shouts, what are you doing? As Ansem takes his own keyblade and says, oh, you will submit, Riku. And plunges it deep within him. Oh! <laughs> wow. Riku, nobody, confirmed. <laughs> That's what I'm gathering. That's the real story here. <laughs> well, Baze is next. Wait, what'd you say? Baze is next. Oh! <laughs> You're getting the setup. Sora and Kyrie land in Twilight Town. Their star shard has gone out, and they realize they are stranded. Kyrie says they should continue to look for Riku. Sora agrees. They begin to look when, when the hooded man appears and challenges them to a fight. He beats the kids and knocks Kyrie back, far away from Sora. 
with his keyblade drawn, the eyeball that is inside of it, rolling around, that takes in everything. He stabs Sora's heart and turns him into a heartless. Kairi jumps back and summons her keyblade. She rushes the hooded man and swings. When he jumps back to evade, his hood falls down. He looks an almost uncanny amount like Ansem, much younger and with a slightly different hairstyle. Kairi asks who he is. The young man replies, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that Sora's nobody is made. All that's left is for you to stay safe. He points his keyblade at her, and he opens a dark corridor opposite direction before walking through it. Kairi rushes to the shadow Sora has become and cries. Her tears hit him, and his antenna twitches in recognition. The purity of Kairi's heart begins to radiate, and the darkness is expelled in the area. All heartless shatter, and Sora reverts back to his normal state. The two have a moment to hug and express their happiness that they are safe, only to be broken by the reminder of Riku's disappearance. Solemnly, they take their star shard and return to Hollow Bastion. I gotta admit, when, uh, when, what I now know to be as young Xehanort, <laughs> and that was not my guess, actually. Really? My guess was Xemnas. Um, Good Thanks. You're that's, that's really nice of you to, to humor me. Um, <laughs> when he when asked who is he and he says it doesn't matter who I am, I got total flashbacks to Zemnus when he was like, I'm all that's left, or maybe I'm all that there ever was. Ah. Uh, you know, that would have been perfect. I was uh more going for this young Zayn or Sass. <laughs> but you got the you got the foreshadowing going on. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Well, that that's good. That that unintentional foreshadowing. Hey man, consistency. We're all about it. <laughs> but I figured uh I do like the early introduction of young Xehanort. I like that. To me, because I want Young Xehanort to be in the story, because he's a cool character. He is, but so not we, in terms of 3D. No. And if you're going to write Young Xehanort, you have to introduce him early on, or else his story is gets confusing. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I was really, really wondering about how you were going to react when it was confirmed Young Xehanort. Yeah, because I like him in context of a character, not in context of the story of 3D. Yeah. That's where my issue with Young's that's why I say that he shouldn't be a thing, because they used him as a retcon when they really didn't have to. Mm-hmm. But please continue. Okay. Riku wakes up swallowed by darkness. At least he can feel it in his heart. He knows he isn't himself. He feels heavier than normal. He looks and finds Ansem. Ansem demands that Riku stands up. They have work to do. Ansem tells Riku that he is to now be his guardian on his way to Kingdom Hearts. Riku asks, what is Kingdom Hearts? Ansem explains and tells Riku. And he says, Riku, this is all thanks to you. I could not have done this without you. Sora and Kairi rush into the lab and find Riku dripping in darkness. Now in a dark bodysuit. Kairi runs to her friend, but is slapped away by Riku's hand. Riku shouts, I'm sorry, I can't control myself. This darkness, I should have never accepted it. 
Anthem laughs in the background and asks how Sora is still even here. He says that his companion should have taken care of Sora. Sora tells Ansem that this isn't funny. They need to know what's going on, and for real. That's the most Sora line. <laughs> but no, really. <laughs> for real. Gosh. <laughs> this isn't a joke anymore. You're not a very organized organization. Oh, got him. So, Sora's sass in Kingdom Hearts 2, I feel like is attributed to Roxas, because he was not like that. <laughs> yeah. It, it has to all be Roxas. At least Roxas could pull it off. Yeah, like, it, he didn't have any of this until Roxas recompleted within him. So I just, I know that is Roxas saying that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways... Sora asks what's going on for real. Ansem reveals that he is in pursuit of Kingdom Hearts. And to get to it, he needed a misguided band of Keyblade builders to collect enough hearts in all the worlds. They were left behind from the previous trio and did the job just nicely. Sora, who is enraged, summons his Keyblade and says he will never let Ansem have his friends. Ansem tells Sora to let that anger fester in him, for it will serve their purpose. Kairi summons hers as well, and challenges Ansem to a fight. Ansem tells Kairi if she challenges him to a fight, that she will surely lose, and he cannot let that happen. He looks to Sora and tells Sora that he will fight him, but he will not fight Kairi. Kairi becomes bitterly enraged. And tells Ansem that to have taken control of Riku and to use him as a puppet, she will never forgive him and she will never allow this. She rushes Ansem and in a reflective instinct, Ansem summons his Keyblade. Oh, here it is. Wait, no, that was Sora. I'm sorry. There's so many Keyblades in here. Keyblades are flying everywhere. <laughs> I know. But my eyes get wonder on the page because of keyblades everywhere. So Ansem, in a reflective instinct, summons his keyblade and defends against Kairi. Kairi swings her keyblade in a barrage of attacks to do no damage. Ansem looks to Riku and tells Riku to take care of Sora. Sora and Riku uh, do battle. Sora can't defeat Riku and is tossed aside. Riku tells Kairi he doesn't want to fight her, that he should just let him go into the darkness so that she can be safe. He will stop Ansem from within. Kairi cries out and she points her keyblade at Riku Ansem. She tells Riku, I'm going to save you. I'm not going to let this happen. You did this to protect us. You accepted the darkness to protect us. It's not all bad. You're not all bad, and I'll prove it. She rushes once again with her keyblade. Riku summons his keyblade and pull, push, holds it up in a defensive stance, only to, and against his will, strike back against Kyrie. As he does, he cuts deep within her heart and releases her heart. Sora, enraged, 
flies off of the handle and attacks Riku once more. He grabs Kairi's keyblade, and the two begin to fight again. Ansem laughs in the distance and says, It has gone better than I could have dreamed, but unfortunately, I can't let the princess's heart escape. He encloses the world in darkness, and before Kairi's heart can escape, it is captured by Sora's keyblade. He taps it with his keyblade, and as it is stuck inside his keyblade, he fights Riku once more, this time defeating Riku. Riku is now unconscious. Sora challenges Ansem and defeats Ansem, but only temporarily. He goes and gives Kairi her heart back. As Ansem summons a heartless and uses it as the puppet-like state that he was using Riku. Sora helps Kairi up and begins to wake Riku, saying that he needs his friends to take down the enemy. He can't do this without them. Riku asks Sora if he's sure. He's not positive that he can be of help. Sora reassures his friends that of course Riku is help. Sora couldn't have done anything without Riku, and he couldn't have done anything without Kairi either. Kairi is still groggy, summons her keyblade, and says that of course she'll fight. She'll fight with them till the bitter end. The three get up, and they fight Ansem once more, with his Heartless as his guardian. They take down Ansem, and after Ansem's demise, they have a moment of silence for the life that they thought they had with their pseudo-master, for the future that they had hoped for. After regaining some resolve, they band together and begin pulling through Ansem's lab for answers. Answers to questions that were beginning to form in their head. Things that they were unsure of, but knew they needed to know. When suddenly walks in a mouse that says, Well, gosh, looks like I'm too late. I better not get in the habit of that. Oh. <laughs> so, the secret boss is Vanitas. The secret ending is Master Xehanort and Vanitas discussing Ansem's failed plan and how his next vessel has a backup. Ooh. Interesting that they don't end behind the door. No. Whoa. Whoa. That's crazy. Alright. I like it. I like how original it was. You. You're welcome. So it's probably really fan fictiony, really cracky, but uh, uh I assure you, very, it's, it's way better than mine. No, um, excuse me, a very lacking in worlds and very lacking in detail. No, I thought it was awesome. Well, I really appreciate it. I like that Kyrie wasn't just uh, damsel in distress. It was definitely one of the points that I wanted to include. Which I feel like Kyrie game one is the hardest one to make not a damsel in distress, so. Yeah, it's like her literal role. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 10 out of 10, would recommend. Well, thank you. To where they almost bought into a Xehanort plan from the get-go. Yeah, like the like uh, the devil on your shoulder type thing. Yeah. 
So Man. I definitely wanted something like that. And I wanted Handsome Birth by Sleep sprinkled in. Yeah. Hence the inclusion of, uh, uh was it Enchanted Domain? Uh, Castle of Dreams. Castle of Dreams. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I always get that one mixed up with who is Enchanted Domain? Sleeping Beauty. That's the one. I always call them the wrong thing. Yeah. Man. Well, it's lit AF. I, I thought it was awesome. Thank you. Of course. Of course. Well, mine is nowhere near as good. So, get ready for that. I bet it's even better. All right, here we go. My world list is Destiny Island, Traverse Town, Wonder, Wonderland. It's all of the, all of the worlds from, from Kingdom Hearts 1. That's what it is. Okay. So uh, it's not going to be, because there's so many, most worlds will be brief. They're not going to be as uh, super detailed. All right. So the game, I actually think, starts off pretty well on Destiny Islands. There's not a whole lot I would change from the beginning of this game. I think that's something that you and I seem to not disagree on it seemed like just the beginning portions were, were pretty good um so mostly the same just exchanging sort of waking up with being told how lazy it is an encounter with riku implying that that kyra's just as lazy because he's the only one working on the raft um, the only difference is riku sees storm clouds coming and comments that they should go home for the night they all agree before saying how much they enjoyed hanging out today and how they're looking forward to making this raft. Kyrie stops them and says that she actually made them a good luck charm. And it's in the shape of the pow poo fruit, whatever it's called. <laughs> I can't even remember the name of that. Uh, you, you, you got the name right, the pow poo fruit. Yay! Uh, I always want to call it pow pow fruit. I don't know why. I do too. <laughs> the pow poo fruit. Uh, and they're all happy about it. And they all celebrate the fact that their friend Kyrie just made them a charm. Um, Riku says that whoever shares the fruit will be connected to each other forever, and it begins to rain. Source says that he has to get home before his parents kill him and get really mad. And then it's just Kyrie and Riku left. Riku tells Kyrie he has something that he wants to give her and begins to pull out an actual palpu fruit and off the raft that he was making. The storm really starts to come down, and she asks if it can wait until tomorrow because she's getting soaked and just got these clothes. He nods. And she runs home. The scene ends with Riku standing in the rain. We're then shown quickly a clip of all three of them enjoying life at their homes. Kyrie is baking with her uh, foster parents or however that works. Whatever that is. I don't quite know what's happening. Um, I had to rewatch the entirety of one pretty much. And it was there's a lot of convoluted things that you wove very well in tears that I'm not quite sure I did so masterfully. So um, uh, what? What do you mean? Like a lot of convoluted things has to like happen. Like Sora has to lose his heart. Kyrie has to lose her heart. Kyrie has to save <laughs> Sora's heart. What? Like um, so anyway. So like a lot of that has to happen, but it's like how do you do it? Um, so anyway, so all of them are at home. Sora is so Kyrie's sitting at the table with her foster parents of Destiny Islands because she was abandoned from Alabastian. Um or shifted off. Riku is looking out the window of the storm. Sora is asleep. When Riku is looking out the window of the storm, lightning strikes their favorite tree that they always sit on and it begins to catch fire. Riku panics and rushes out and attempts to try and put the fire out. The, a man appears in a hooded uh, in a hood and he watches and Riku watches him enter the cave. 
Riku, out of curiosity, begins to follow the man, seeing that the, the island is now being flooded by water, and he knows that the storm is getting bad. Believing that he should go home, but his curiosity gets the best of him, and he follows the man in the cave. The man in the cave tells Riku that he is powerless to stop the storm and stop everything from happening that's going to destroy the island. Riku begins to panic and asks what he means. The man says the choice is Riku's. He tells Riku the only way to save the island is to open the door and they will stop the storm from raging. The man disappears and Riku seizing no other way and is afraid of what's going to happen if he doesn't open the door. He opens the door and as soon as he does, darkness rushes through the door. The screen late uh, fades to black. Sora is shown waking up by the by screams off of the island. He runs downstairs. <laughs> he, he runs downstairs, uh, and his parents are holding the door closed as Heartless try to enter. They tell Sora to run through the back door, and he does so. He sees Riku standing near the tree and runs towards him. Riku greets Sora and says the door and that he opened the door and that it was all a mistake and that he's sorry. He says with he says it was the key to saving the silent, but he doesn't know at what cost. And it says that he believes this will allow them to escape to different worlds like they always wanted. And Sora re- replies, but what of this world? And Riku just shrugs, saying that he doesn't know what will become of this world, but he knows that the darkness has allowed them to make their escape from this dreaded island. Darkness surrounds them, and Sora tries to grab Riku's hand as Riku extends it, but darkness engulfs them both, until a keyblade appears in Sora's hand, and he uses it to fight off Heartless. He then searches the island for Kairi. Now that Riku has disappeared in the darkness, he finds her in the cave, only for her to fall into him, causing her heart to go inside of him. And he tries to turn around to save her, but is swamped by darkness, and the screen again fades to black. A quick scene is shown at Disney Castle of Donald, Goofy, and Minnie and Daisy reading the king's note of his departure, and they decide to do what the king says, and they seek out the Keyblade Wielder. Now, Travers Town. And that is Destin Island slash Disney Castle. I really like that. That made it sound like more like a horror type thing. So that's really cool. I wanted to address what happened with his parents. But still do it in a way that's like not, they're definitely dead at this point. You know what I mean? So Not like keep it a meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it does, as much as it does bother me that at no point in the rest of the games are they referenced. So... I had to do something in my mind. Um, so yeah, anyway, Travers Town. Sora wakes up in the bed and one of the beds that Leon, Yuffie, Eris, and Sid have a base at. They explain to him the nature of this world and and the Keyblade before, that is before him. The Heartless rush in and, ha- and you have a team battle similar to in 2 when you're teaming with Tifa, Cloud, Leon, and all of them. So it's similar to that. You have a team battle of them defending this building in each room in the building. So you, that, this will act as your tutorial. It's not until Pluto stops the fight by jumping in the way that Leon re- realizes that the, that there are friends of the king here. And then Goofy and Donald rush in, believing that these people are the cause of the Heartless. You actually begin a battle against Donald and Goofy. Amazing. <laughs> and then at this moment, realizing that the Keyblade is what Sora has, they they say they admit that they were wrong and say that they are actually searching for Sora on orders of the king. Uh, they party up with you, and from this point on, Sora uh, is explained to by Leon that the worlds have now been submerged in darkness and are being taken by them. Donald and Goofy suggest that they should party up with Sora and continue to do this to try and find both Riku and Kairi and also save the world from darkness. 
Leon asks how they're going to travel, and Donald and Goofy inform them of a gummy ship. Woohoo. <laughs> Before they can leave, a giant gar- uh, Heartless appears, and this acts as your first real boss, and you have to fight him. Um, yeah, so that's that's Traverse Town. It's very cut and dry. I really enjoyed the uh, Donald Goofy fight. <laughs> I I would like to think that probably, that would probably be one of the hardest fights in the game. Okay. Because... That would probably be the only time Donald properly used his magic. <laughs> That's probably fair. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I it just kind of blows my mind that up to this point in these games, we've never fought Donald and Goofy. I would love for you to fight Donald, and then he would heal you, but when he heals you as an enemy, it hurts you. Ooh, the meme of it. <laughs> yeah. I dig, I dig. Um... Yeah, so now it shows Riku waking up in Hollow Bastion. Riku is seen waking up in Hollow Bastion. He wanders around until he is greeted by, you guessed it, Maleficent. She tells him that he was floating in darkness when she found him. He looks around her and thanks her for, and uh, he thanks her and begins to leave before she says her friend is searching for Kairi as they speak. Riku stops and is excited and has to contain himself before he asks how she knows Kairi. Lefson says she does not know Kairi personally, but her friend does. And Kairi seems to be well, but they are still searching for her. If Riku would like, he can continue to rest here, as Kairi is going to be brought back here by her friend. The scene ends with Riku giving a nod. So that's Hollow Bastion for Riku. That, uh, foreshadowing you. I know. Uh, no. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, Lefson's going to have quite the role in this one. Oh, I know it pains you. It does. It 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 will redeem itself. Um, so, in Wonderland, Sora and Degang arrive, and upon exploring the world, they see Alice is being given an unfair trial by the Queen. They intervene and speak up only for the Queen to order them to be captured as Alice is rushed off. You spend the rest of the world essentially fighting the cards until the Heartless show up at the end of the world. And that's essentially how you free Alice is by defeating the cards and then the Heartless. A giant Heartless shows up and you have to defeat it. Afterwards, the Queen is about to be struck by a falling giant Heartless that you've just defeated, only for Sora to do his first his, do his first real hero act and block the fall and by per, uh, block the fall, which protects the Queen. As you turn around, you see a man carrying Alice in a black coat and he gets away. Sora and the gang are bummed out as he leaves with Alice before they can confront him. Goofy offers a quick piece of advice to cheer them all up and says, Gersh, at least we saved this world from darkness <laughs> uh, before you leave for the next world. That, that Goofy impression will give me nightmares. <laughs> Wasn't it great? <laughs> it was amazing, but... <laughs> Goofy in any form is nightmare-inducing. He really is, though. Real talk. <laughs> We've got a lot of worlds to cover, so I look forward to uh, yeah. where this continues to go. Uh, Riku, again back in Hello Bastion, Maleficent walks in with Alice and presents her to Riku. She says that this is Kairi. Riku refutes that this is not Kairi. <laughs> and then she then says that Alice was walking around claiming to be Kairi. Riku, out of confusion, asks why she would do that. Maleficent then goes on to explain because Kairi was a princess from her home world. And was so well known that she was sent from her home world here, for, sent from her own wor- home world to the Islands for her own protection until she was old enough to claim her throne. 
But it seems, but since then, it seems that others have been trying to pretend to be Kairi to get her throne and her royalty. Riku is shocked and angered. He says that this can't stand. Wolfson agrees and says Riku should go look for Kairi in another place. She is rumored to be. If it's not in fact Kairi, then he must bring back the girl claiming to be Kairi. Riku agrees and asks where he should go. She opens a portal and sends Riku to Beast's castle. The scene ends. So... Is she going to have, like, Riku, like, try it off these princesses? <laughs> Not quite Terra style. Okay. It's, uh, it doesn't get that bad. Okay. He's not going to start taking their hearts like our boy Terra. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, Deep Jungle. Sora and his friends arrive at Deep Jungle and meet Jane because she's objectively the best character of Tarzan. And they walk through a tent. She asks if they are here with Clayton. They ask who that is, and she laughs. That was made for me because I had to Google Clayton's name. Clayton's men scream, and the four of them <laughs> run outside. I kept thinking it was Gaston. The big cat has a ravage of the cat area under the control of the darkness. You then have to defeat the cat, and it runs off. Clayton claims it followed Sora there, so it was their job to take care of it. They are frustrated but agreed to do so because Sora's a pushover. Along the way, you are surrounded by Heartless only for Tarzan and giant monkeys to come and save you from a fast... After a fast exchange, Tarzan joins your party, and you follow a trail to the giant treehouse to fight the cat. You do so, but hear a gun go off back at the camp with Jane. They all rush back to the camp where Clayton has injured a monkey and now is infused with darkness. You have to defeat him, and afterwards you learn they do not know who Riku or Kairi are. Discouraged, but at least they saved this world too, Donald chimes in. Um, I guess so, Donald. <laughs> um, at this point, that's, uh, that's not Sora's goal. Yeah, right, right. Um, Back in Hollow Bastion, Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, and Maleficent have an exchange. Ansem arrives and pulls his hood down, revealing himself to be the man from the island on Destiny Islands, who coached Riku into opening the door. He was also the one who captured Alice. Now he has brought Aurora as well with him. Him and Maleficent share an exchange that they are doing well in finding the princesses they need. Ansem says they need to continue Riku, and even and he even has a plan to make it to take it a step further. She agrees and asks what is what he has in mind. The scene ends. Okay, so I'm curious to see what Ansem's role is going to be in your game. Yeah. Because uh, right now he sounds like a, he's either manipulating Maleficent or he's a lackey. <laughs> <laughs> Which is worse. <laughs> well, if he takes the place of Pete, would that be so bad? <laughs> you ain't wrong. <laughs> The next world is Atlanticum. This world is one of two filler and has no real interest in the story here, but it breaks up the ten the tension. Okay, moving on. Uh, Riku and Hollow Bastion. Oh, so oh, that's literally it. That's it? Uh, because I despise that world in that game. Riku arrives back. Also, what did you microwave? I'm sorry. I've been <laughs> trying to mute it so you can't hear it. <laughs> that's okay, but now we all want to know. Sweet and sour chicken. Oh, uh, now I'm jealous. I had pho today, though, so what else? Um, you had what? I had pho. Pho nam. Oh, I don't like pho. 
Well, all right. Riku arrives back with Bell. Lefson is pleased and tells him how good of a job he has done. Riku says that Bell was living in a castle and pretended she did not know who Kairi was. Riku is assured he did the right thing and that these false Kairis need to be justly punished. She then requests that Riku sleeps. She says that he will double. she will double his power as he sleeps. Riku agrees and the scene ends. So... What's she gonna do to our poor baby? <laughs> she got a poor kid. She might, she might do it. Everybody's worst fears. Can ignore him. <laughs> She's gonna flip. Uh, uh, so at Halloween Town, uh, Sora arrives in Halloween Town and is shocked by the nightmarish world. He continues to implore to his fellow comrades how terrified he is. You explore the world until you meet Jack. Jack says that the world has been flooded by Heartless and Oogie has been given control of Halloween Town due to their invasion. Sora and the gang offer to help the town and do so. You fight a giant Heartless and the three little punks at the beginning of the hill, who of which I could not remember the name until your story, Lock, Shock, and Barrel, before heading off to defeat Oogie. Before you can leave, you learn that your gummy ship has been broken apart with pieces uh, with the pieces shred throughout the world. Jack offers to help after Sally urges him to do so in return for their help. You find the last piece in Dr. Finkel's lab, and he says a man with white hair wrecked their ship and displaced their ship parts, and he only found one because the mayor brought it to him. They thank him and go to leave after sharing their goodbyes before, suspe- before Sora suspected that the white-haired man might be Riku, but he began to wonder why Riku would be such a bully to these people and try to stop them from leaving. Donald and Goofy seemingly upset Sora by offering the thought that maybe he has fallen to darkness. Sora snaps at them and they leave. The scene ends. Uh, and a and a what would be total final mix version of the game and a room where nothing gathers. Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, and Zemnus, who is cloaked with his hood up, are the only ones present. Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, thanks Zemnus, calling him by name for allowing his scientist to clone the boy. Zemnus says that whatever Ansem hopes to do with the clone of Riku better not be a waste of the talents of his underling. Ansem says this will be no such waste before leaving. All right, well, (laughs) what a brotherly bickering. (laughs) So Zemnus gets a name drop. There you go, Zemnus. That's better than what you got in mind. <laughs> that's, Nothing. That's true. Um, so I like the, uh, why is Riku got me such a bully? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and Hollow Riku wakes from his sleep and sees another him, but clothed in a dark suit. Riku questions what this is and lefts and answers that she did as she said she would and doubled his power. Riku is speechless before she chimes in and says that this is his clone. Riku's saying this seems wrong, but then she tells him they have located Kairi. This has distracted Riku from the, the matter at hand that this is a clone and is a violation. She's in Neverland, Maleficent says. Riku, out of excitement, forgets how, un- how unsettled the clone has made him. She offers for Riku to go and see Kairi for himself, and Riku agrees. So... One, it's good that she didn't she didn't hurt the baby. Uh, two, Riku. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
In Neverland, the world begins by Kyrie floating in the water before Hook and Shmee put put her on put her on Hook's ship. The scene then pans to Sora and the gang gang's arrival. They find Tinkerbell running from Heartless, and she hides behind Goofy's shield. The scene uh, it pans to Pan and the Lost Boys fighting Heartless. You join in and defeat Heartless. After this. You believe to have saved the world after joining up with the band of boys, searching different parts and defeating the Heartless. Before departing, you see Hook on the sh- on a ship fighting Riku. Sora and the gang are elated to see Riku. They are given flight by Tink as in, in return for all of their help, and they fly over to the ship. Riku then grabs Kairi and says that he will protect Kairi while Sora defeats Hook. Sora gleefully and deeply, deeply agrees, <laughs> and you fight Hook. Once you defeat him, you see Sora. You see Riku watching with an unconscious Kyrie from higher up on the ship, perhaps a mast. Before the two can get close to each other, a dark magical blast hits Riku, and he flies across the ship. Leftsent picks Kyrie up and thanks Riku for falling for her plan and for being such a useful pawn. She tells Riku that uh, she tells Riku replica to finish the real Riku as she opens a portal to the realm of darkness. Bluffsent then disappears with Kyrie. Sora is distraught, deeply distraught, and calls out Riku's name multiple times as Riku says he is sorry before the replica knocks Riku into the portal leading to the realm of darkness. Then the replica closes the portal as Riku is tossed inside of him. Sora is now enraged, believing that Riku is lost forever. He charges and jumps at the replica, but the replica dodges Sora and knocks him into the water. Donald and Goopy are stunned at this seeming defeat. The replica then goes on to disclose that he was made to be a better version of Riku. He is fully aware of that he is a replica and is a clone, but will gain dark powers making him superior to the real Riku. He then informs Sora that the witch Maleficent used her magic to control Monster and the Monster Whale to finish Sora. And at this moment, he wishes Sora and gang goodbye. Uh, Monstro shows up and swallows Sora whole. Faithfully, Donald and Goofy jump in after Sora to save him. That, okay, so a few things. The Sora and Riku working together, beautiful. No, I thank you. The Vanitas complex that you gave Repliku, amazing. <laughs> I one of, one of the worst things about him in, in Com is that he he's like, I didn't know I was a replica. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even going to discuss replica right now. <laughs> um, the next thing that uh, Neverland Monster tie in, seamless. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I didn't know how to get Monster in there otherwise. <laughs> it was great. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite ones I'd written up to this point was that one. Um, so now, the world of Monstro. In this world, it is mostly to be presented as a somber time of defeat for Sora, Riku, and Kairi. Donald and Goofy attempt to make amends with Sora after their prior argument. This successfully happens as you progress through the world of Monstro. As well as uh, a time for Donald, Goofy, and Sora to make up and renew their hope, after fighting through the whale, they find the puppet and his daddy. Uh, they save them and they fight their way through the whale. And a scene is shown where Wait, you. Wait, Geppetto? Yeah. And oh Pinocchio. And Pinocchio. I you have 
accent. <laughs> I wish. Um, where you are freed from the whale and return to the gummy ship and head back to Travers Time to see if Leon would know what Maleficent is up to. So, Monstro is like a glorified time killer stage. Okay. Uh, as well as like a time of, oh no, we lost. Um, Travers Town. Good. I was just going to say much needed character development. <laughs> You know, I, I hope so. Uh, Travers Town, number two. They arrive, and as soon as they walk into the place where Leon and his pals are, you see two young teens walking together, holding hands. The one girl with blonde, pointy hair calls the young boy teen by his name and says that Mighty needs to stop joking around or she won't listen to him play, and the two laugh as they exit the screen. You can't do this to me. <laughs> Sora <laughs> walks in and is greeted by uh, is greeted by Leon, and they begin to catch Leon up on what has happened. Leon then begins to suggest that Maleficent was trying to gather the seven princesses of light and gain access to the final keyhold, which would lead to Kingdom Hearts. Sora then asks why. Leon says Maleficent wants to use this as their way to rule the world and reveals that uh, she turned his and his friend's homeworld to ruin with the Heartless at her helm. Then he urges Sora to stop her from getting any more princesses, uh, any more of the princesses. Sora agrees and says that Riku might be lost for now, but they would rescue Kairi at the least. Aerith says that the three of them should visit 100 Acre Woods and take the time to clear their heads as well as rest. The trio follow the suggestion before heading to the next world, which is 100 Acre Woods, which again is the last tension breaker. So, you just had three um, tension breaking worlds back to back? Yeah. I, I was just wondering, like, <laughs> It was I was just wondering if I missed something in Traverse Town that was supposed to be like a heavy moment. <laughs> no, 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 that's that's what Monstro was supposed to be. Okay, good. It was the it was the heavy moment, and then uh, Atlantica was that was before Halloween Town. Yeah. Oh, okay. True. So I it's forgot the so they're not, they're spaced out. Come on now. Well, my bad. I forgot <laughs> one. Pardon me. It's all good. Okay. Well. I, uh, I quite appreciate your transitions. <laughs> Apparently not. No. Um, <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Wait a minute. Am I getting ahead of myself? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Here we go. All right. Next world is Hollow Bastion. With Maleficent, she places Snow White in a pod next to Kairi where Replica Riku shows up with Cinderella. She is pleased with the replica and says that now they are now only missing one before Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, uh, before the, the scene pans Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, where nothing gathers. Ansem is shown talking to a hooded Zimnus again as they go back and forth about what has been going on before Zimnus says that Ansem needs to cut, st uh, cut the strings with his puppets. Ansem says that the witch and the fake boy both have their uses for only a few more moments before a hooded figure with a keyblade with a roaming eye arrives and says, your time is running out as the scene ends. So we both had the foresight to add, you know what I'm saying? We did. Early. We did. Because it makes the most sense. It does. Mm -hmm. um, I like the, and I also like the gravitas of always a looming Xehanort presence. Either if it's Master Xehanort or Young Xehanort throughout, like, just kind of, like, this very oppressive figure always there. Yeah, I did, too. It, it makes... 
the because to me Ansem is a very silly villain, no matter how you write him. Yeah. Um, it makes the the weight of of Ansem heavier. Yes, yes, totally agree. Uh, at Agrabah, Sora and the rest of his crew arrive. And the world is filled with people, but they as they walk the streets and meet Aladdin. They rub each other the wrong way at first, before the market street people rush off as Heartless fill the streets. They fight together and defeat Heartless. Now they've become friends and joined made a bond. Jafar arrives with the genie lamp and reveals he has sicked the Heartless on them uh, for taking Jasmine from him. Aladdin says he did not do this, but wished he could. Jafar says enough and turns into genie Jafar. They knock, uh, he knocks the gang into the desert and you fight genie Jafar there. Once you defeat him, Jasmine rushes to the palace after he's being after she's being pursued by a Riku replica. You then follow suit and arrive at the palace. You try to appeal to the replica, but he's having none of it, so you do battle with him. After you defeat him, you start to get through to him, and he realizes that he's being used as a tool. But as the uh, but as soon as this moment arrives, is revealed that he is struck by a rod up from the staff of Maleficent. She smirks before calling him a useless boy and leaves with Jasmine. They yet again mourn another defeat. Sora is deeply apologetic. Uh, Sora deeply apologizes. As, as, sorry, Sora is deeply apologized to by the replica, and he says that he will help make this right and joins your party and offers to help and offers to take you to where Maleficent is. Mm, I don't know if you can be redeemed. <laughs> Bunker down. Uh, Riku, Realm of Darkness Riku is floating in the Realm of Darkness where the replica cast him by Maleficent's command as the voice calls out his name it is Ansem who introduces himself to Riku and says he's here to help Riku he claims to serve as the guardian of darkness that protects people from light he tells Riku he needs to give over control to the darkness so he can escape and save his friends Riku says the darkness is what got him into this place and Ansem retorts that it's his, it's his only way out or nobody will be able to save Sora, or worse yet, Kairi. Riku, out of fear, attempts to gain control over the darkness by letting it into his heart. At this point, he unknowingly allows Ansem in his heart, and Ansem gains control of Riku's body, where he promptly plunges a keyblade into Riku's heart, releasing his heart. Well, yet another overlap. <laughs> yet another overlap. <laughs> <laughs> Olympus Coliseum. In the gummy ship, as they are traveling to Hollow Bastion, they, their ship is struck by a magical defense set up around their world by Maleficent, causing them to crash on Olympus and destroying the gummy ship. Sora, Riku Replica, Donald, and Goofy all recover from their crash and see Hades talking to, you guessed it, Cloud. Sora and crew and, and, and his crew in tow come up to Hades and have a conversation with Hades while Cloud walks off as he does. Sora blurts out everything that has been going on up to this point, assuming he can trust Hades. Hades cuts him off and says, Hey kid, I don't really care, but if you want to weigh in Hollow Bastion, I'll provide that for you. If you can defeat that guy in the games, pointing at Cloud, not knowing if they lost to Hades, Hades would use darkness to take control of them. Sora and the gang agree pretty happily. Enjoy the games. They work their way through the contest, but in a shocking fashion, Cloud is beaten before he can face Sora in the finals. They per uh, the person who defeated Cloud is the real Riku. Riku Replica is shocked and scared at the same time. Sora is overjoyed to see Riku is alive and runs to him only to get blasted by Riku. Hades announces that this is the final battle. 
You defeat the Ansem overtake Riku, but only because Ansem knew that this was the only way to enter Hollow Bastion was to throw the match to you so that Hades could provide an entrance. Sora tries to approach Riku, and Riku Replica warns him not to, but Hades appears in front of him, upset that Sora won and that Cloud failed. But Cloud appears behind Hades with a sword to him and is now freed from the grasp of Hades. Hades orders him to... Uh, and orders Hades to allow Sora access to Hollow Bastion, as he promised. Hades does this in fear of his own life. The real Riku, under Ansem's grasp, then springs to life and strikes Riku Replica and runs through the portal opened by Hades. Hades adds that this was unexpected and is struck by Cloud before portaling away. Cloud does his dramatic I'm sorry and leaves, with everything flowing behind him, including all of his regrets. Riku Replica then recovers, thanks to the aid of Donald, and a well-timed cure spell. The crew then follows the real Riku through the portal. That's the first lie you've told. The fact that Sora rambled off everything to Hades as if he could trust him was probably the most Sora thing yeah. ever. Yeah, <laughs> I thought so too. I'm like, I just thought like, if you could help me find Riku, that'd be so awesome. And like, I just really don't know what to do right now. I'm really confused, and I've got a talking duck with me, and that's the other thing that's, like, going to give me nightmares. And, like, I don't know. I'm kind of indigestion right now. Like, what should I do? <laughs> and, like, why wouldn't you want to help me? <laughs> yeah. I'm a kid. <laughs> I'm Sora. I'm, I'm great. I'm Sora. I'm great. I'm awesome. I'm a healer food. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I saved Olympus because it's actually one of my favorite worlds to write. It's just a great world. It is. It is. It's, I look forward to it in all the games. I never get tired of it. Yeah, I know, right? It's it's pretty amazing. It's it's even though it's basically the same thing in all of the games, the characters really make it. And they always seem to find something new to do within the context of that story. Get up on the hydrophone! <laughs> Which leads us to Hollow Bastion. As they step <laughs> through the portal, they fight their way to the castle entrance through Heartless hordes and they come face to face with the beast who believes that riku replica is the real riku who took bell from him the last time he saw him so he charges the replica and tackles him off the platform replica riku then tells the trio to go forward and that he will take care of the beast to atone for the sins of the real riku he believes this is the least he can do sora agrees and says that he'll come back for him shortly they storm the castle fighting through many heartless along the way they reach the final chamber Lefson is frustrated by the fact the final keyhole, keyhole won't open despite her having all seven of the princesses. Sora arrives and is prepared to stop her. They have a final showdown and you defeat her. As she stumbles back in defeat, Ansem in Riku's body arrives and strikes her down, killing her. He then reveals that the reason the keyhole did not appear is because Kairi's heart currently rests inside of Sora's due to the chaos that took place on Destiny Islands when Kairi fell through Sora. He claims he will tear Sora apart to free Kairi's heart and gain the way to the final keyhole. A fight takes place between the controlled Riku binds him, and you lose the fight because you never beat Riku. As Riku goes to finish you, Riku replica jumps in the way and is struck down to his demise. Instead, claiming he finally was able to make up for everything he did and make a real impact one of his very own as he fades away sora takes his, this chance to strike the real riku and sends him through a portal opened by ansem placing riku back behind the door to darkness but at this moment riku ansem leaves riku's body allowing riku to be trapped there for what is seemingly forever but ansem 
Uh, Ansem is then is then uh, seen not cloaked, but in his traditional Ansemness attire. Ansem summons a door and tells Sora this will end where it all began, and using the fallen Riku's keyblade, shoots it into Sora, causing both his and Kairi's heart to be freed from his body. And that moment, creating both Roxas and Naminé's heart, and returning Kairi's heart to her body. Which, all the seven princesses now are uh, there with their hearts and their bodies opening the final keyhole. Ansem sees this, and it sets, uh, sets it forth. Sora is reduced to a heartless, but due to the power and light that reside, resided in, so- in Kairi's heart, he is restored to his normal Sora-ness. Because, BS, why not? Um, yeah. Realizing that they have to finish off Ansem once and for all, Kairi and Sora celebrate each other and are now are happy to su- uh, and to Kairi's surprise, she's able to summon a Keyblade. A quick, very quick flashback happens of Kairi touching the Keyblade of a blue-haired girl in, Hall- in Radiant Garden. They walk through the door, Ansem is left, uh, Ansem left and arrive on an all-too-familiar world. So... Great. I'm very happy that Kyrie gets her Keyblade now. Yes. Um, did she fight Ansem? <laughs> You'll find out. Okay. Um, Dustin Allens. They arrive and see their home world is now torn asunder by darkness from that night, resulting in the death of Sora and Riku's parents. Heartbroken and stricken with rage, Sora charges the cave, which led to this fateful evening, uh, and sees the door leading to another world. Kairi comforts Sora in this moment, and she feels that despite the fact she's untrained, the, the overwhelming amount of light in her heart is what is giving her strength to pull through. They open the door and are led to the final world. End of the worlds. Oh, you, <laughs> you have to fight your way through every type of heartless that you've encountered up to this point, and then one final one you have yet to encounter. You finally reach Ansem's Secret of Darkness. There you have your series of final battles. The game ends the same exact way that it does in Kingdom Hearts 1, with Riku and the King behind the door, and as Ansem is fading away, he reveals that he used Riku, Lefson, and the replica as pawns, but in many ways, he is no different than any of the rest of the pawns in this game. And he's gone in a flash. He doesn't fade away. He's gone in a flash. The door is closed by Riku and Mickey from the inside. And from the outside by John and Goofy, Sora, and Kairi, who all four res- uh, uh, fought Ansem in his final form. But following that, everything goes black once the ground they were standing on fades and the worlds are restored. The secret boss is Zemnas. And in Traverse Town, there's a challenge room you can enter where you dodge lightning while having to destroy water clones in the set amount of time. Uh, easy mode secret ending is Zemnus is shown talking to something at the Keyblade graveyard and the pan and the camera pans to reveal that it is the lingering will, which of course is not responding. Uh, hard mode secret ending. We see that the camera shows the, the charm Kyrie made for Riku is broken in the realm of darkness and a piece of it floats into the hand of a blue-haired girl. The super hard ending, you can never beat the game this way ever. It's never going to happen. A scene plays at where nothing gathers, and we see the founding members of the organization hooded, but discussing the nature of what has happened before Zigbar chimes in and says, we're almost totally filled. The scene ends with the close-up of what will be the chair of Roxas. Oh, Roxy. So, that's it. I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. Thank you. You're welcome. It was 
far better than mine. It was not nearly as fan fiction. <laughs> it was not. Mine was was not better. It was it was Kingdom Hearts one, but I tried to trim the fat. It was great. That's what I liked about it. It was it was everything you need to know, but better. And then Replicate. I don't know why, but okay. Well, I mostly wrote him in because I didn't want to have to address him ever again. Um, I figured. And I also, it was to avoid his calmness. And also, I, I'm i with you. Ansem is silly, so I feel like the presence of young Xehanort, Xemnas, like, he has to have something aiding him. So I thought, what is a villain I can throw in there that's not essential for the rest of the canon? And I thought, well, my options are Xion and Repliku, and Xion doesn't make sense at this time, so Repliku it is. Well, I think you didn't Repliku very well. Um, I like that Vanitas complex you gave him at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was... Uh, it, this was probably the most challenging one for me to write because I just, like, I don't really care for Kingdom Hearts 1 all that much. Yeah. It doesn't... It doesn't lend itself to replay value. I think I think nostalgia wise, a lot of people are really I think that's why a lot of people really replay it, is for the nostalgia of it. Yeah. When I try to sit down and replay it, it's really difficult to me. Um because when I think Kingdom Hearts nostalgia, I think two and chain of memory is like yeah. Those are the ones that I want to sit in nostalgia play. Like, I just did. I just beat two in, like, two days. So, um, and now I'm going through Chain of Memories. I'm taking my time with Chain of Memories. <laughs> <laughs> that one's hard to rush. It is very hard to rush. We've done it, we've done it before. True. But, we, we, you know, we were, like, not in school. Or, or we were, well, we, we were in school. We were homeschooled, we but it we, didn't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm particularly, I've already worked on my days one. I'm particularly excited for that one. Oh, you've already started it? Yeah, I'm almost done. Okay, well, I've got to get, get to that one then because uh, I have not started. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, and I feel like two will be easy because we've already, I think we've already written one for two, haven't we, before? It's, uh, secretly. We did three. We did three in calm, yeah. yeah. We did three in calm. I don't have calm anymore. I don't know what happened to it. Ooh, yikes. So I'm going to have to do it over again, but that's okay. Yeah. Because I have something going with one, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dig. It'll be, it's, it's interesting. Every time we do this, we always have certain elements that overlap. I know. I really, I really was enjoying the, the young Xehanort, because I didn't think that you were going to add him in. It was my way. I think you did this. I think you, this was probably your logic, too. It was my way of if we do end up how we would write 3D, which, you know, who knows if we will. But if we do, it was my way of not, like, trying to shoehorn him in. And he felt very shoehorned. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my train of thought as well, was that... Putting him into one now would give me time while, when we're doing the other games to gradually explain him. 
that and like it's also like the frustrating boss that you always see but always gets away so there's like you create that desire of wanting to beat him throughout the games yeah and like you never beat him like i, I don't know i didn't have him beat him mine yeah same so. only only ansem lost in mine which i mean rip and i yeah, also feel I like i also feel like that a crutch of Kingdom Hearts is like Nomura doesn't quite know how to write Maleficent out of the story. I think that's part of um, they have to keep the Disney element in it. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also liked the the uh, the re- uh, not the Repliku the Riku Nobody overlap that we had. Yes. I totes agree. Yeah, so that was that was another overlap that I really liked. Um, were those? I think those were our only two overlaps. I think so. Yeah. I will say every time I do this, it's hard for me not to just write Zigbar into every part of the story because he's such I a know. he's such an easy cameo. I I had so many chance times. I remember being like, you know, I could just like squeeze this in but then i'd have to like address it and have to make a big deal about it yeah yeah so. that's why i kind of settled on the larkseen and dimix cameo it was almost luxor but i was like do i want to commit to him being in traverse town it scared me <laughs> it scared me too much i don't know why i was okay with putting them there but i wasn't okay with putting him there probably because out of the three if we're ever going to get a backstory about any of them it's going to be luxor yeah, yeah, and I also feel like even just for our theory, Luxor has to come from Radiant Garden. That is, yeah, that is true. He does have to come from Radiant Garden. So him winding up in Traverse Town doesn't make a ton of sense. Well, uh, I also liked the uh, the tie-ins that you have. Your uh, your um, transitions are very seamless. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I wish I could do something like that. Well, I'm sure you can. I, I, that's like one of the only few good writing things I have because I did a job uh, where I was an intern and I had to do like talks. And so transitions were one of my weakest points for a long time. And then when people pointed out enough, like your boss or whatever, they, you have to really try and hammer it down and work on it. So, so, so thanks. I really, transitions are probably the thing I pay the most attention to and in, in stories. Well, you did really great. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. My, the cockles of my heart are being warmed. Oh, good. Um, Go any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? No, just um, I had a lot of fun. Uh, again, I just wanted to dedicate this episode to one of my closest friends who is not here anymore, but I just wanted to dedicate this to him. So yeah, uh, that's, that's it for me. Absolutely. Totes. Uh, if you would like to tell us how you would write Kingdom Hearts 1 and how terrible of a job I did or Paige did or we both did or how wonderful we did, please email us at the podcast that never was at gmail.com. Um, and and I'm very curious to know how you guys would uh, put – Young Xehanort in from the first game. Yeah. 
Yeah, would you leave it at small cameos like we did, or would you do something else entirely? Let us know. Yeah, for sure. And next week, we're going to aim to have days put up, and uh, yeah, that should be an easy one. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's been real. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll catch you next time. All right, bye. Bye.